Tell me where we you at when I couldn't feed me. Now I'm going strong, now you acting like you need me. Back when I used to get these beats away like freebies. But your ass won't come to AZ just to see me. Fool me twice, same on you, your ass won't get a repeat. I gon' stream my album, but not buy a CD. Had to go get it on my own, now I'm strong. Bitch, I'm sitting on the throne, I was gone, but look. Bitch, I'm back, no, 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 I'm back. Bitch, I'm back, bitch, I'm back, bitch, I'm back. That was Mahogany 4, artist out of Phoenix, Arizona. You can find them on Instagram at the Mahogany 4, T H E M A H O G A N Y, and then the number 4. Welcome back, gods and goddesses and all spiritual beings in between. I appreciate you coming back to my channel. This is A Journey with an Urban Priestess. I am Orchid, artist originally from Greensboro, North Carolina. And this is my short story and poetry podcast. Every week for the month of February, I will be releasing an episode sharing a short story and a poem. This week is the last of the trilogy of short stories I wrote about my time living in Phoenix, Arizona, and it is entitled Intruder. But first, a poem. This is entitled Guardian of Earth. The portals are open. The narcissist may be realizing that love is the only way. I could, but I think I'll stay a little longer to watch some trees grow and be, as the old folks say, at peace, within wonder at the vast, infinite nature of the mind, truly sublime. Intruder. The night sky was clouded over with the promise of rain. I sat near the front of the Phoenix City bus. I stared out of the window, letting the passing little desert homes jump across my heavy eyelids. I tried to ignore the very aggressive man in front of me, trying to capture my attention. Please leave me alone, I begged in my mind. It had been a long day at the retail store I worked at. The monotony of catering to rich people all day was starting to wear on my soul. I just wanted to be left alone. But no, there's always some man desperate for your attention. Does he care that you have absolutely no interest in him? Of course not, because the male ego is the center of the universe. How could I, a lowly woman, not want him? It's preposterous, inconceivable. Hey baby, are you listening? I said, do you want to be my girl? I'm a little nervous at his aggression. I look around to see if anyone was paying attention. There were only a few people on the bus. A woman talking loudly to her boyfriend. Another woman passed out slobbering on herself. 
an old man muttering to himself whose feet were swollen and blistered from roaming the streets with no shoes. The bus driver seemed amused by the scene of harassment, so no help. I'll have to use my powers of kindness and sternness. I had developed to deal with these types of situations. As a young woman who is often alone, you have to develop a way to deal with these pushy men in a way that won't upset them, because upsetting them could mean violence, and that is not what you want to face. Although I am always about it, about it, if you're about that life. Phoenix had inspired me to carry a knife and mace in my purse at all times. Sir, I have a boyfriend, so I cannot be your girl. He raises his voice level even more to where he is yelling at me, and at this point, I realize he is mentally unstable. Who is he? I'll slice his throat. You are my girl. I will marry you, and you better not ever leave me. You hear me? He reaches for my arm. I am internally panicking because what if I see this man again and I am not on the bus? Phoenix is a big city, but like all places, you begin to see the same people. Strange how life works that way. There are 1.6 million people in Phoenix, many without homes, and you can start to see the same people. In fact, I would later see this man a couple of times, but luckily he would not remember me. Someone catches his attention, a young woman who seemed to be drunkenly passed out. A dribble of slobber ran from her mouth onto her dirty sweatshirt that was hanging off her shoulder. A breast might break away soon, free as a bird into the night. Hey, shut up. Nobody wants to hear that shit, she slurred. Thank God, his attention was taken. Unfortunately, the irate man got in the woman's face. He did not like being told what to do. I felt bad about taking such relief in the fact that he was no longer bothering me. The bus driver finally kicked him off the bus. I'm so tired of this damn bus ride. An hour and a half of my life wasted each way. But at least I was going to a home and not to a cold tent. I kept telling myself that this job you hate allots you a home. This one thought kept me going, kept my spirits above hopelessness. I had been living in my cosita for a couple of months after living in a tent for four months. The housing crisis in Phoenix had really affected me. Even now, working full-time, I could barely afford the studio apartment that was across from a seedy motel. I have lived all over the U.S. as a traveler and never in the best neighborhoods. However, never have I seen people at 7 a.m. smoking meth in the open at a bus stop on a busy street. Sometimes people would just offer me drugs as I walked home. Out of loneliness, I suppose. Nevertheless, there is something unexplainable about having your own space. Alone. Away from the world and people. As a broke artist, I have always lived with people, whether it be five transient beings that come and go, or a crazy old white woman with a mean-ass parrot. So many living situations that I always try to find the best in. But deep down, I long to live alone. Just once. And don't get me wrong, I love communal living. I think it's beautiful. But 28 years of of always compromising and caring for others, a space for just me, I deserved. So whether people high on G 
litter the sidewalk. It did not matter to me because one, this is all I could afford, and two, it was not a tent. This home was my sanctuary that I created and it brought me so much peace. Beautifully decorated, complete with two lovely black kittens, Doja Cat and Chamblay Chamblay. I had even planted two large cactuses in front of my window to deter intruders. I had just put up the most beautiful floral wallpaper by myself, which I don't recommend. It was truly my home, curated by me. The bus finally reached my stop. I shuffled off the bus. I always pause to see if anyone follows me. The coast was clear. Onward home. It was strangely quiet in the hood tonight, but I felt much more peace coming home ever since my stalker neighbor vanished. Sometimes you don't realize how much something affects you emotionally till you make it through it. It's like the universe building you armor, and when you are safe, you can assess the damage. It was comforting to not have to look over my shoulder as I make the short walk to my house. I put the key in the door, but for some reason it wouldn't move. I thought maybe I have the wrong key. It was dark. No, this is the right key. Could someone have changed my lock? Why would they do that? No, just keep trying the key. Then I hear, step away from the door. I scream. So many emotions flooded my body. That voice came from inside my house. But how? I ran to the other side of the Cosita complex. I called the police. And let me just say, fuck the police. They are always unhelpful. You don't tell someone to calm down if there's some unidentified man in their house. You comfort them and you send the police. You also don't ask them a bunch of superfluous questions. There is nothing like being forced to contain your emotions when going through a crisis by yourself. It is infuriating. The dispatcher finally sends the police to my house. I actually lived walking distance from the downtown station, so it should only take a few moments for the police to arrive, which says a lot about the audacity of Phoenix. One of the most crime-ridden neighborhoods is in a very close proximity to the police station. I think the police have just given up. In, in the time I'm waiting, I call my mom. I am hysterical, very shaken up. All I can say is, I'm done. I tried, Mom. I hate this city. I felt this obligation to try my best wherever I am. I don't know where this unwarranted pressure comes from that I put on myself. Perhaps it's pride. In this case, my mom had driven me to Phoenix from North Carolina. I felt I had to finish my goal, which was an undergraduate degree. Once I walked that stage, I could leave. So I pushed myself and struggled. I would have continued to struggle, but this was too much. And I haven't even seen the worst of it. It's okay, Wit. It's okay. What's wrong? What happened? Can you breathe? I hadn't even said what happened. I take some breaths in between tears. There's a man inside my house. Oh my God, did you call the police? 
Yes, I'm waiting for them now. Mom, I hate Phoenix. I want to come home. Of course, Pumpkin. You can always come home. Tears streamed down my face. I cried under the moonlight. I cried for all the things I had been through in this life. I cried because even in my defeat, I was encircled by lo the love of my mom and the love of the universe. I was, in fact, alive. Finally, the police pulled up. Hello, ma'am. What seems to be the problem? There's someone in my apartment. Okay, can you prove that it's your apartment? Excuse me? I say visibly annoyed. Before we can take action, we have to verify this is your residence. Could you contact your landlord? It's 10 p.m. on a Sunday. My landlord isn't going to answer his business phone. Look, I have kittens in there. He could be hurting them. Are you going to do anything? The emotions were beginning to rise again, and I start to cry out of fr frustration. Please, ma'am, calm down. At this point, some of my neighbors began to come outside to view the commotion. Some too excited, if you ask me. Then it hit me. One of the maintenance people is my neighbor, and he could vouch for me. He's my maintenance man. He can vouch for me. The police then took my neighbor aside, and when they were done questioning him, they finally started to try to lure the intruder out. The way the cositas are laid out, there's only one way in or out, and that's the front door or window. As I mentioned before, I have a large cactus blocking the window, so the only way the intruder could have gotten in was breaking in the front door. Later, the police would question me incessantly, as if breaking in the front door was not a possibility. I stayed on the phone with my mom as they tried to lure him out, and it begins to pour down raining. It was a miserable scene. I just stood in the rain under the giant palm tree in the center of the cositas. Finally, the door opens and out staggers this ragged, older, Caucasian man. There was no struggle. He is put in the police car. The police come back to me and say, you have to survey the damage. I was in no emotional state for that, but I also had no idea how bad it was. They insisted I had to for the police report. But when I opened the door and saw how he had completely trashed my home, I couldn't handle the shock. Everything I had destroyed like a hurricane swept through the room. And where were my kittens? I backed away hysterically crying. The maintenance man, who was always very kind, grabbed me by the shoulders. Rain and tears streaming down my face. It's going to be okay. You have to gain composure. You have to face us. He began to guide me back to the apartment. He was right, and I was grateful for him, calming me down. The intruder had moved my refrigerator to the middle of the room and taken everything out. He placed all the food around the room. He tore down my wallpaper I had just put up. He flipped over my bed and boarded up the window with it. There was some strange device he was building out of different parts of the refrigerator. I decided he was probably trying to make meth. There is something so 
indescribably hurtful about someone invading your home and destroying it. I just wanted to crawl into a ball and cry. And then, like a gift from God, my kittens came out from their favorite hiding place under my bookshelf. That moment was the light I needed to decide what to do next. I was so happy he hadn't hurt my kittens. It was like the sun coming out to remind you everything is going to be all right. After I surveyed the damage and the police took the large jagged knife he left by the door, I called one of my best friends to pick me up. I knew I would never be able to stay in this place again. She came to my rescue straight away. I fed my kittens and let them enjoy their last night in the cosita. Once I got to my friend's house and I was able to breathe and process a little, I posted an ad on Craigslist to give away my kittens because like I stated, I'm going home to North Carolina. Once I made that decision, everything began to fall into place. A dad decided to give the kittens to his young daughter for her fifth birthday the next day. Nothing like a last minute gift. I was very grateful I found them a home and didn't have the pressure of going back there every day to feed them as I figured out how to get home. Once I started telling my family what happened, everyone wanted me to just get on a plane and go back home safe to North Carolina, my home state. But I couldn't leave the apartment trash like that for someone else to clean up. That just seemed wrong, especially since I had blocked my rent payment. I would need that money to fly home. I really appreciate all my family members for galvanizing around me and sending me money to help me get home. I felt really loved and supported. I spent the next few days relaxing and contemplating life as I waited to score an economical flight. I ended up cleaning up my space in one day, giving away all my things to my neighbors which made me feel good to give away my treasures to people who didn't have very much. I now have given all my things away for the third time in life and would be returning home with two suitcases and a camera stand I smuggled under a blanket onto the plane. Because the airline doesn't care what you've been through, they are charging out of the ass for every piece of luggage. But at this point, knowing that the situation could have went completely differently. That man could have allowed me to open the door and stabbed me to death. The minor inconveniences of life didn't faze me. I am resilient, like the cactus that line the desert hills, and more importantly, I am looked after by my ancestors. A few weeks before this incident, my cousin had come to visit and was very persistent about me leaving Phoenix. She just didn't like the city and had witnessed the depravity that I deal with every day. I brushed her off thinking she's just being overprotective. But also, how could I just leave my life here? If there is anything I have learned in this life, it's that the universe will always send you a sign and will always send you a way out. Now how extreme the way out has to be is up to you and if you are listening. If you read 
or listen to this trilogy, I am sure you are thinking, why didn't this woman leave Phoenix? It sounds crazy. I didn't leave because of pride. Because if I say I'm going to do something, I better put my all into it. But I still have to learn discernment. Not every move needs to be some catastrophe I survived that pushes me to the next phase in life. Sometimes I just need to be still and listen to my intuition. Well, that didn't happen in this case. I am still learning to trust myself, but beyond a shadow of a doubt, there is someone watching over me. A guiding force of light that I am so grateful to have. Whatever it is, I appreciate the lessons learned and all the beautiful artistic moments I cultivated in Phoenix. Phoenix doesn't have many African Americans, but the few I met are amazing artists, as well as other artists from other nationalities. Please, don't let these, sto these stories deter you if you plan to move to Phoenix. Every location has a different energetic correlation with you spiritually. My experience might not be your experience. But Phoenix, farewell, my friend. May I never see you again. May goddess unfailing love be with you and guide you for all eternity. Namaste.